Hi, I'm Jenny Whitehead, and this is my podcast. With different guests, we will be discussing relationships, families, and how to grow and strengthen them. Hi, and welcome to my new episode um, on strengthening the family. This week, we were going to be we're going to talk about repentance and forgiveness in family life, and I have my extra special co-host guest today. On my husband, Jeff. Jeff, say hi. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so we're going to just go over a few things that um, I've read and and liked. Um, I don't really have any particular order. We're just going to kind of go through some different things and um, I'll mostly just share some things I found interesting and hopefully Jeff will have some spectacular insight for us as we do this. No pressure, Jeff. Okay. Um, so one of the first thing it talks about is, um, forgiveness can be hard. And so it kind of gave, um, one of the ideas that they said worked was if you're struggling to forgive somebody, you can, um, think, try and think positively about the person for four weeks. And that will usually help you have a better attitude toward the person. And I said, what even works better than thinking positively is specifically praying for your partner for four weeks. Um, and they even did like scientific studies and it showed that if you can pray for your partner for four weeks every day, um, it's easier to forgive and to move forward, which I thought was very interesting. Any thoughts on that? Um, no, I think it makes sense. Um, if you're focusing on your spouse and your partner, and if they're kind of part of your awareness as you're praying and trying to connect with God, and as you're thinking positively of them, um, I think psychologically it makes sense that you would have a, a better perspective on that individual and where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it just makes it that much easier to, yeah, when you're having good thoughts about somebody, it's easier to forgive them for sure. Um, do you have one, Nick? Hmm? Okay. All right. Um, so then it kind of talks a little bit about, um, when there's a transgression or a mistake made against a person, that's interpersonal. That's between a victim and an offender or, or a situation that happened between two people. Whereas the repentance process and the forgiveness process is very intrapersonal, very within yourself. It's, um, there's a forgiveness researcher whose name is something, I don't know his first name, but his last name was Worthington. And he says, forgiveness does not occur in a relationship. It occurs within the forgiver, which I had never really thought about in that sense in the process being intrapersonal. But it's true, like, you can repent of something and have somebody not forgive you. And you can forgive somebody who has not thought they needed a, a repentance or a, or forgiveness. Um, yeah, it was just interesting to think about the different inter versus intrapersonal side of it. I think a lot of people do see it as a, as a interpersonal um, piece of forgiveness has to be between two people, but um, at least from my own experiences, but also in the field that I work in, um, seeing how forgiveness really is about the one who 
chooses and makes the decision to forgive and um it's it's about forgiveness is for for you it's not for the other person and i think mm -hmm. that's a really important piece um that i've learned i know we've certainly had our fair shares of of uh things like most marriages do mm -hmm. but um i think it's and, and even in the work that i do oftentimes when we talk about forgiveness um we think that oh that's letting the other person off the hook or mm -hmm. that's um you know making it okay what happened but it's really about allowing yourself to move forward without that that situation or person or whatever it might be um, still kind of taking up space in your mind and, and head and leading to resentment or anger. Mm -hmm. And um, there's that quote I like of, you know, holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot coal. You only burn yourself. And I think that's similar um, or fits really nicely with, with forgiveness. If we're choosing not to forgive, we're not really necessarily hurting anyone else, but, but ourselves because we're holding that all inside. Well, that makes sense. Thank you. I know I was talking with a friend who um, was having some issues with her husband and she kept saying, well, I'm just not ready to forgive him yet. I just, I just can't let go of it. I just almost want to hold on to it. Like she was talking like she just wanted to hold on to it a little bit more. And she's like, well, how do you forgive your husband for things? And how, how do you, what do you do? And she's not religious and she doesn't appreciate religious talk at all. Um, but I think a big part of the forgiveness process, like we said earlier, like praying for your partner definitely softens your heart. But now after thinking about this, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could even suggest to her, like, try thinking positively about your spouse for four weeks. And yeah, she's just, it's just weighing, you just weigh yourself down when you're not willing to forgive. Um, and that being said, uh, in the textbook this week, it talked about three different factors that kind of influence forgiveness. Um, so it talks about the situational aspect, the relational factor, and the victim's personality. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so for the situational, like mentioned, um, the intent of harm, like was it on purpose? Was it accidental? How on purpose was it? Um, the repetition of the situation like is it something that's repeated over and over again or um, um another one is the severity of the consequence so i'm i'm assuming that's kind of like the the punishment the offender has and then whether there's an apology from the offender and then the relational factor is um who the offender is to the victim how the proximity to the victim, um, if there's like a hierarchy or a status between the victim and the offender, um, and different pressures of on the um, offender to apologize and of the victim to accept the apology, and then um, the victim's personality. And so I can see, I'm usually I'm usually fairly easy to forgive, I think. I hope. I don't know. I guess you could answer that, but I can't. I think, I think we're both a little bit different. I think you're quicker to forgive, and I have a harder time with it. Wow. I think we both have those significant differences in personality. Um, but I think that's something that, um, at least in the last 
uh, several years I've been I've been trying to be better at, especially as I see you making uh, or the way then how quick you are to forgive and, and to see things. It's certainly allowed me to to be a more forgiving person. But certainly I think that personality piece is is so important. It's true, but I also think too, um, like for me anyway, like anytime we have had a situation, you are so quick to be repentant of it and to try not to do it again. Like I can see that you make an honest effort. So for me, it's easier to forgive because I can see, I can see that you want to make the change or you're, you're truly sorry where I can, I can, I can see the other side too where if somebody's doing the same thing over and over and over again to you and asking for forgiveness, I know we're supposed to forgive 70 times 7, but it would be it would be way harder like the 100th time after somebody comes to you and says, oh, I did it again, I'm sorry for you to be like, oh my gosh, buddy, come on. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, and again, yeah, even just who the person is to you. When it's your spouse, I think some things can hurt and be deep, but it's also, I think it's also important to try and forgive as quickly as you can because that person is your your support and your partner. I think it depends a lot on the relationship you have with your spouse. I know some people don't have the greatest relationship with their spouse and yeah. or they've been hurt so many times without, like what you said, it happens over and over and over again that someone's not repentant or I think that can be, it can be a lot more challenging to, um, to forgive. But certainly, yeah, if you've got a close relationship with someone and that hopefully is your spouse and, and then um, being quick to forgive only only helps things and hopefully being quick to to be repentant too mm -hmm. I think you know if someone at work did something to me I, it'd be I'd care a lot less than if someone I'm emotionally attached to like you mm -hmm. it just means that much that much more it has a whole different emotional attachment that's true well I even know um when we were first married, one of some advice that my mom gave me was like, if you and I were ever having a problem or a fight or a disagreement, she didn't want to know about it because she didn't want to look at you differently. Like we'll make up and I'll still always love you, but she doesn't have the same connection to you that I do, but she has that connection with me. And so, you know, like, I don't fully know where I was going with this, but, um, I think, well, I guess that's even like the, um, proximity to the victim where like, kind of like you were saying, somebody at work does something to offend you, whatever, you can get over that fairly quickly. Most of the time, I guess, depending on what it is, but when it's, yeah. And I think even with proximity too, it would depend on what it was like somebody shoving you at work, it might take you off. But if I accidentally did it, it might be no big thing. But if I did something very hurtful. It could be more hurtful than if, I don't know, proximity all. It all works together, I guess. I just talked in a circle and said nothing, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> um, and then kind of going back to what you said earlier, Jeff, about the f forgiving being for the forgiver. Um, Elder Scott says that forgiveness is the sure path to peace and healing. So do you think you can get to peace without having forgiveness in your life? Um, 
short answer, no. I don't <laughs> think you can. And I, I think, um, well, and that's just based on my own experiences. When I don't forgive, when I mean, when I choose to let go and forgive and, and move forward, um, there's just a whole different, there's just that whole different feeling that comes. Mm-hmm. It. it just feels like a burden being lifted and um, it doesn't change what, you know, it doesn't take away what happened. It doesn't make what happened better, like I said before, but it, it changes you. It changes me when that, when that happens. Um, yeah. Thanks. Okay. So, and I agree with you that it's the, that you need that forgiveness to have that peace. Um, I can't find it. I was just looking for it, but in the textbook, it also talks about um, if that has an effect on like the empowerment of the victim. A lot of times, we think, well, if you, if a victim ex- forgives somebody, they're kind of, and you've talked about this before too, giving up their power or giving up, they were wronged and they need to, somebody needs to make amends or somebody needs to pay for that. So, so it talked a lot about that, but I cannot find what I wanted to read. Hmm. Shoot. Okay. I think our natural instinct is to make, to want the other person to suffer like we're suffering. Mm-hmm. That automatic natural man is to, um, well, they hurt me, so I think they should suffer the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, that never really leads to, <laughs> to that peace. Because nothing's really going to make up for, you know, exactly, okay, once this happens, then it's all even. It's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's never that peace. There's always going to be that resentment there. There's always going to be that anger there. And I think one of the the things that I appreciate about our faith is knowing that um, someone already has paid, yeah. paid that consequence. And so I don't need to to worry about that. I don't need to, to question or be a judge or, or anything that it's all, it's all been worked out. It's all been paid for. Um, I can choose to move myself forward, um, and trusting in heavenly father and the atonement and, and the gospel. Perfect. Thank you. And then, then to kind of the flip side of that, where it's been paid for and we need to Forgive and move on. Um, I'm just going to read something here from the textbook. It says, It is natural to be angry and even vindictive when one has been wronged. Sometimes victims are uncomfortable with these emotions and try to skip straight to reconciliation without adequately acknowledging the wrong or allowing time for meaningful repentance and forgiveness to take place. But forgiveness demands recognition of wrongful behavior. Um, Murphy, one of the authors of the book, warned of this superficial forgiveness or cheap grace, explaining that hasty forgiveness can undermine self-respect, respect for the moral order, respect for the wrongdoer, and even respect for forgiveness. Okay. I found that super interesting. Um, because, like I kind of mentioned, I'm usually quite quick to forgive. And now I'm wondering if that's always because... I truly mean it or if that's just what I'm supposed to do. Um, so yeah, the term, I thought the term cheap grace was very interesting. Um, 
Yeah, and I guess when it's superficial, it's just the surface and it's easy to say, I forgive you. But then that resentment and anger keeps building and building. I think it's a way to avoid sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. Well, to truly repent and to truly forgive, you got to... There's some deep feelings and a deep process that has to happen and not everybody likes to feel feels. I know I don't like to feel feels very often. <laughs> Those kind of feels. Any other thoughts on that? Okay. Um, and then it talks a little bit about uh, apology. Um, and so this is kind of more of the offender side or the repentant person side and what a proper apology is. And so it kind of lists four things. It says an accurate acknowledgement of the offense, appropriate expression of regret, a suitable offer of repayment, and a pledge to reform. And to me, that sounds almost like identical to the repentance process where when you repent, you need to um, acknowledge the offense, whether with the Lord or if you need to seek um, somebody like your bishop, um, expression of regret, um, repayment. What are, what are the church words? I can't remember all of a sudden. <laughs> restitution, restitution as much as you can. Oh, thank you. And reform is like a true change of heart. Anyway, any tips on an apology? Well, I think that's an important when you just mentioned a change of heart, because I think a lot of times we just, we just change the behavior and, and that's all we need to do. But, um, I think repentance or apology is more than just reforming a behavior. It's a truly, a true change of kind of our whole way of being towards that offense and to the person that we offended. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you can't fully change a behavior. Well, you can, you can change anything for a little bit, but unless your heart's truly changed, those behaviors will slide back him. And the other thing too is, um, I, th I think oftentimes, oftentimes we think, well, I'll, maybe I'll forgive them if they apologize, if they recognize what they did. And, and, um, I think we forgive regardless. Um, and then the other piece too is it's not for us to demand, um, forgiveness. So, well, I apologize. So you have to forgive me. I think it goes back to what you said earlier, that it's a process and it's, there's difficult feelings and there has to be acknowledgement and um and i think in couples um that i've worked with professionally um a lot of times there's this idea that you just quickly apologize and then everything's everything's fine mm -hmm. and that's really not not a path to a healthy kind of happy relationship um there has to be that acknowledgement and you know an expression of an apology doesn't actually necessarily mean saying, you know, the first words out of your mouth are, I'm sorry. It's, you know, listening and under, trying to understand and exploring and, and then changing the behavior and working through it, um, which is not easy to do. Oh, that's true. At least for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it is hard to do. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of circling back to that in the textbook, it said offenders, 
Offenders are not dependent upon forgiveness of the victim, and victims are not dependent upon repentance of the offender. Um, and again, we kind of touched on that already. Um, but again, it's showing the intrapersonal situation where repentance is for you, the individual that's repenting, and forgiveness is, again, for you. And I think that's, it's, again, harder to see when you're in a marriage, a close relationship. Like, I think they can be very important and play off each other. Um, but at the end of the day, me forgiving you is for me, although it might make you feel better. And you repenting, well, it might help me to forgive you is also for you. Um, oh, go ahead. Can I just make another comment on something yeah. that I think is important? I was when I was thinking about this just before we started the podcast. I was thinking about forgiveness, and we all we often hear the the saying "forgive and forget." Mm -hmm. And um, I think I don't think that's fair. That you know we act as if forgetting is like a, a choice you make to forget, mm -hmm. and um, I don't think that's really how it works. However, I think as we forgive. Um, it's a natural process that we begin to forget and maybe it doesn't completely leave our mind but it's no longer taking up the space that it once did and over time it, it no longer becomes what it was so I think we do forget as we forgive um, but it's it's not in the way that we think of you know just forget it because we can't forget things that happen mm -hmm. we can't erase things that have happened I don't know if that makes sense but... no I think it does and I think I don't know if the better term will be. I've, I've never really liked forgive and forget because there's some things, there's some things you just can't forget. Like you need to have boundaries sometimes in some situations. Like if you are sexually abused, you can forgive somebody and you can move on from it, but you'll have to always have a certain set of boundaries with that person. You can't forget that. And so I almost like the word dwell instead. Like you can forgive and just not dwell on it anymore. I like that. Um... Because, yeah, there's some things you'll always remember, but it doesn't have to be painful and it doesn't have to be something that you're constantly dredging up all the time. Um, like, I like the analogy of, like, an open wound. Like, you need to clean that wound, but then you need to let it heal. And if you just keep, if you keep trying to clean it and picking at it and picking at it, it will never heal. Um, and so then when we talk about forgiveness... The side part is repentance, and I think in our church we talk a lot about repentance, and I think we all kind of know the gist of it. But I just wanted to touch on guilt and shame, because a lot of times um, in the repentance process, well, you need sometimes you need a little bit of guilt to get motivated in the repentance process, but it can very quickly turn into shame. And I know um, in your profession, Jeff, that's something that you're quite passionate about. Mm. If you, do you have anything... A quick something to say on that? Yeah, I think we often use those interchangeably and um, they are vastly different. Um, one being a helpful, um, I, I believe, kind of God-given reaction to acting against our values or acting against kind of what we believe to be right or what we hoped um, in guilt. Um, which can motivate change and help us to, to see things differently. Whereas a lot of times the guilt, as we dwell on it and as we just kind of ruminate on it, 
um, it can very quickly spiral into shame or toxic shame, mm-hmm. which is kind of moving into a realm of, you know, I'm just a terrible, bad, faulty human being um, versus guilt where I've, I, I've done something wrong or I've done something um, that uh, isn't in accordance with my values. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's guilt, I did a bad thing, shame, I am a bad person. Yeah, totally. Okay. And that's, that's toxic and that's not, we can't really go anywhere with that because it's really internalizing, it's about our nat- it's kind of in, internalizing who we are and we can't, if we just take that on and I'm just a bad person, there's not a whole lot we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if we recognize that maybe I've done something that isn't, isn't, isn't good, um, it helps us see that we can do something about it, there's something we mm-hmm. can do to change it. Well, the idea of shame is so overwhelming. How do you change your whole persona of being a bad person? Or if it's something bad you did, well, behavior, that's way easier to change than a whole personality defect. Mm-hmm. That's why I really, I really, I, I often cringe, and I know people probably disagree with me on this, but I often cringe when I hear people talk about, oh, he's a bad person, or they're a bad person, or um, they're just... Uh, I. My personal belief is that we're not. There's not bad people. There's people who who do things that aren't right, mm-hmm. um, and there's a whole host of reasons why they act that. It doesn't make them good. It doesn't make those things good or right. Um, but um, I think if we label people as bad people, um, it just kind of ex- perpetuates the shame culture. Mm-hmm. Well, then if you look at it's so much harder to forgive somebody too. Like if you look at the shame versus guilt, even from the forgiveness aspect, if a spouse did something you don't like, you can forgive that thing. But if your spouse did something because they're a bad person, that's way tougher to get over and forgive. And remembering that people make mistakes and people aren't always the bad person. I think it goes on both, both sides. Of the repentance and the forgiveness. Yeah, I like that. I think a lot of times we do label people as being defined by the things they um, they might have done or the mistakes they might have made, whereas people are so much more than that. Um, yeah, or even defining them by you know different labels we have as you know. Um, I don't know, different diagnoses and things like that, that can, someone can experience doesn't necessarily mean that's what they are, who they are. Oh yeah. You can think of anything like, are you a diabetic or are you a person that has diabetes? Are you an alcoholic or do you some, are you somebody that has an alcohol problem? Like it's a very, it really personifies the, the issue or problem for sure. And I think with some of those things, I think it's important to acknowledge those facts. If you, you know, to, to recognize, you know, if you can relate to being an alcoholic or an addict, but being able to separate that from that's your whole person. That's, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And I think that happens a lot in, um, relationships, um, marriages where, you know, one of the partners um, 
maybe there's addiction or depression or other things involved and then the spouse kind of labels their spouse as that's just that's who they are now mm-hmm. um or that's who they've always been and i've been i've been fooled when i think in reality that if we can see the whole person um that can make things a little bit easier it's not easy but it can make things a little bit easier mm-hmm. no and like i said i'm usually i think i've been blessed at being able to forgive quite quickly i'm not good at lots of things but one thing i'm fairly good at is i think being able to forgive and i think a part of that is is that i've usually been able to see with anybody um i can try and focus on the good qualities and separate the mistake from the person which has always been helpful to me um So I'm just going to share this last quote here that from the textbook that I liked. Genuine forgiveness is a process, not a product. It is hard work and it takes time. It is a voluntary act that gives meaning to the wounded and frees the injured person from the ills of bitterness and resentment. So again, that kind of just covers kind of all that we talked about. It's a process. Sometimes it takes time, um, but it is something that we have to choose to act on. It's not something that will just happen one day. Um, And then at the end, it saves us from bitterness and resentment. Anyway, any last thoughts? No, thanks for inviting me on the podcast again. It's fun to be on it with you. Well, and thanks for being my extra special co-host. And thanks everybody for listening. I only have a couple more to do and hopefully... Hopefully you will enjoy this one in the next couples, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.